0: Yo, yo, what up, what up? Welcome to the WTF Should I Do With My Life podcast. I am your host, Jacob Sokol, and I am stoked that you are rocking with us today. If you're new to the podcast, this is a place where we combine street smarts with spirituality, with practical optimism, with breaking the rules of how we're supposed to do things in order to do what it is that we actually want. Hearing the voice of society or our parents or our gender or any other social expectation and being aware of it, bringing some consciousness to it, and then saying, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to do my thing that actually matters most to me without being trapped by other people's expectations and perceived obligations. So with that said, today's podcast is with a good friend and... And, uh, incredible human being named Jason Goldberg. Uh, Jason has been a part of the Sensify community for almost three years now. And so I'm really inspired by number one, his journey and his own path to watch what he's created, which are some magical and amazing things. Um, but two, because he's just part of our tribe and, and I want to uh, highlight and feature and support people who, you know, come through the Sensify community. So let me tell you a bit more about Jason. Jason is number one, just a badass, wise, uh, big hearted, funny as hell individual. Uh, he's a TEDx speaker. He is a bakatarian. That's a vegetarian who still eats bacon. Uh, in a past life, he actually was a rapper who opened up for the Wu Tang Clan. Shout out Wu Tang Clan, New York, New York. What up? And uh, and you know he's just an overall great guy. He's a geek turned entrepreneur, turned transformational speaker, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But in today's interview, there's something that's really interesting about Jason, and and part of it, what's so fascinating is that I've seen him climb the ladder of success in a new industry, an industry that he was inspired to get into, this personal growth industry. I've seen him climb that ladder much quicker than the majority of people. And when getting the opportunity to interview him and and bring his wisdom to you who's listening... I thought that's probably the most fascinating thing that that I'm interested in unpacking is how the hell was he able to excel so quickly in an industry that so many people are trying to do the same thing? What was the secret sauce that enabled him to move forward so fast? And we go into it, you know, without giving too much of it away today. Um, where we go in today's interview is we talk about how to find inspiring mentors, right? We talk about how to Connect with the giants in your industry that might feel out of reach, we talk about specific examples of how to add value to these people 's lives and actually make their life better instead of hoping that these you know mentors will make your life better. What if you flipped it on your head and made their life better and we talk about very specific, concrete ways, uh, both from him, both from me that uh, that we 've done that so Um, One word of caution before we jump into the chaos that will ensue. There was a little bit of technical difficulty in the beginning, and I chose to leave it in because... Authenticity is something that I value. I, I want to give you the real deal. I don't want to polish it up. I mean, I do these intros. You know, they're kind of rough around the edges a bit. I don't put all types of fancy music, and I just want to give you the real. And so, if you are a little bit bothered by some of the slight static, uh, I did edit a little bit of it out when it got overbearing, and I didn't want to, you know, send you running too far into the hills. Um, but if you really do want to skip ahead of some of the chaos of the first two minutes, then, then just skip ahead from where we are right now to you know two or three minutes ahead, and you'll be fine. Um, but for everyone else, we make some great hip-hop references and just have a good old time as things are melting down and you can hear the journey of that joy. So let's jump in. Thanks for rocking with us. Let's do this. Jason, thank you so much for being here, my dude. What
1: is up, man? How are you? um fucking chill a how you doing <laughs> No, you can't just start making up words in the first eight seconds of our interview. It make, just doesn't work that did way. Did I
0: make up a word or did I stutter? I'm not <laughs> sure what that was.
1: Bro, just just before we got on to do this interview, I'm not even gonna lie, I was listening to like some old school hip hop, and the last song that was all before we connected was Slam by Onyx. <sighs> so like I may just start throwing shit around the room as we're talking. So if you hear like loud banging, it's not the internet going down. And I'm I'm okay, everything's fine. <laughs> but but I may just be getting just really brolic up in here. So just be be ready for that.
0: Okay. Yeah, Onyx was one of my favorite groups growing up when I was literally seven years old uh you know, I'm hearing a little bit of slamming, a little bit of ruffling. There, I told you it was going to happen, man. I,
1: I, I warned you that it was going to happen. So there you go. There's proof. But I'll it. try to hold it down for the rest of the interview.
0: Okay. All right. Sounds good. If anything, just throw your guns, you know, no, no problem.
1: <laughs> By the way, can I just say something real quick about your podcast? Uh, go for it. Here's my favorite thing. Besides the wisdom that you bring and the amazing guests you bring on and just the, just the, the amazing stuff that you share with the world, the fact that your podcast on iTunes has the explicit symbol next to it, Is like the coolest (laughs) shit I've ever seen in my entire life.
0: That's great. Yeah, because I didn't know. Like, I'm not a podcast uh, geek over here, so I'm not really sure. I curse in it. I'm I'm assuming that means that you know it's explicit. Uh, But when I saw that sign, I was like, yeah, like that reminds me of like the old school tapes. I'm like, I need that next to the Sensify brand. Like that just makes sense. You sound great. Yeah, I mean there was static, but but now you sound great. Good. We don't want no static, right? We don't want no static. You know, I thought that you were actually gonna quote. Uh, big pun where he's like even if i stuttered i would still sh- shit but 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 that actually yeah. comes from a an even more old school rap was that like cool g rap or big daddy I think it was big daddy kane who initially said that i think big daddy kane is like the
1: original multi-syllable master so like he needs to get a lot more credit than he gets nowadays with the rappers that are out doing this like they invented it
0: yeah yeah, yeah kane is crazy
1: Kane is crazy, and since I didn't quote pun, I'll give you one of these. Dead in the middle of little, little, little. Did we know that we read a two men who didn't do diddly. That's so good.
0: <laughs> all right, I think we scared away ninety percent of the podcast <laughs> listeners. Now ten percent uh, left. Let's let's jump in. All right, cool, man. That's great. Um, So, you know, one of the things I wanted to you know, talk to you about and the overall direction with today's podcast is I've seen your journey over the last three years and I've seen uh, just the path that you've been on and um, let me actually check in with you. I do hear that ruffling. All right. Can you hear me now? We can hear you. Okay. Does that sound a little better? You sound a little bit more nerdy, but you sound sound perfect.
1: Story of my life. Okay, cool. (laughs) Sorry about that.
0: Okay. So let's jump in. Yeah. So... You know, for the direction of today's podcast, what I was most inspired to talk about, and, and we'll see where we go, but is just watching your journey over the last three years. You know, you were at a point, I'm assuming, three, four, five years ago, where you were really living this, this heaviness of the what the fuck should I do with my life, right? Mm-hmm. The burden of like, there's something not working here, but I don't really know, you know, exactly what to do, and um, I'm already kind of trapped by my current success because you were quite successful in the it field and i've and i've watched you come you know through the sensify community you know go into it then continue with your journey and and just you know progress and excel and shine and and face challenges and all that good stuff but maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your backstory and and um what's gotten you towards where you are now and then we can jump in and extract some wisdom from there
1: yeah, absolutely, man. And, and you nailed it. I mean, I, I was definitely in, I've been in WTF should I do with my life phases like so many times. Um, I don't think there was like just one time. But I think the biggest turning point was, was like you said, when I was really successful in my IT career, I had been in IT for the, the better part of like a decade and a half. I mean, it was like 13 years that I spent in IT. And, and I did really well. I mean, I was making six figures in my 20s. And, uh, and, and that's, you know, that's kind of a cool thing to do, especially being raised by a single mother and, and being an only child and not having a lot of money, like hitting six figures in my twenties is like, wow, that's awesome. Like there's, it can't get any better than this. Uh, and what really happened was that I was getting to this point where like, it can't get any worse than this. Like it was, it was just like you said, the heaviness was, was the biggest thing. And it was, you know, part of my backstory is that I was heavy, uh, literally like weight wise my entire life. And and at the time of my life where I was making the six figures in IT, I had also gotten up to 332 pounds, which, you know, I'm, I'm six feet tall, but 332 pounds, I mean, that's like, you know, morbidly obese. I was 35% body fat. I had a real high likelihood of, of developing a lot of diseases, you know, in, in a fairly young, early part of my life. And so it was it was that coupled with all the heaviness that I was feeling, all this other kind of weight that I was carrying around. It wasn't just the physical weight. It was, you know, the emotional weight and the spiritual weight and the financial weight, even, you know, even making that kind of money and just all this different weight that I was carrying around. And I was like, God, I, I got to figure out something else. And and it's not maybe as traditional of a story. It's probably, it is more, a lot, a lot more like yours, I think than, than other people's. But like, I wasn't destitute. I wasn't like just out of college trying to figure out what I was doing. Like you said, like I had an established career and it was my, my commitment to that established career that was, that was keeping me really locked in. Like I I became a prisoner, like you said, to my success. And and I had so tied in my, my self-worth and my net worth that if I didn't have this job and I didn't have this title and I wasn't highly regarded and I wasn't getting approval from you know from clients and, and from my bosses and from coworkers or whoever, like who would I be? I, I would be identityless, I'd be purposeless. So uh, so for so long, probably the last at least the last several years that I was in my corporate job, I just really knew something, something needed to change. And in my mind, before I had really started diving into personal growth or personal development and, and you have been a huge part of that journey and I'd love to talk about some of that as well, um, I thought that I needed to change all these external things, that there was something uh, – the job was what was causing me the stress, the the clients what was causing me the stress, the workload was causing me the stress and I didn't take any personal responsibility for the role that I had created in being in that, that situation. So that was the big thing for me was you know it was kind of misdirected the way that I decided to you know try to get out of that career and do something else but ultimately it is what got the ball rolling to get where I am now. And how long ago was that – It was uh, five years ago last month that I left my corporate job uh, and then I had a couple other kind of more traditional startups before I got into coaching and speaking, which is now about three years ago.
0: Got it. So what was the point for you? You talk about not blaming the external circumstances but instead taking that personal responsibility. When did that really uh, show up in your life? When did you really say, okay, well, here's uh, it's time for me to do something and, and what was that chapter or that portion of your journey like
1: yeah you know I think that the so the realization of that and the practice of that are two different things the practice of that is is still moment by moment day by day um, there are days when I still don't take full personal responsibility. That's you know the days that I still consider myself a prisoner. Um, and and the difference now is that I don't. I try not to beat myself up when I go into prisoner mode because I am a human and and you know as a part of the human condition we do experience things and we can't always be uh, the Deepaks and the Eckharts and just you know spiritually bypass everything as it comes at us.
0: Fuck Sometimes- you, man. I'm Deepak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Deepak Shakur, baby. <laughs>
1: That's so funny because I was about to say her Tupac Chopra.
0: <laughs> we got a, uh, we got one time I got a gift for Kristen who used to work for fee. I got her a gift that said um, it was like this beautiful flowery bag, and then it said a Thug Life like <laughs> like etched like photoshopped on it. And we started calling her Deepak Shakur or Tupac Chopra. <laughs> so, that is
1: awesome. That is freaking insane. I love that.
0: Keep, keep going. I, so I, I cut you off. So yeah, we can't we can't always you know um, be yeah. Deepak here. Yeah, exactly. And,
1: and so, but the difference now is that I realize even when I get into those, those prisoner moments where, you know, it's woe is me or who can I blame or, or I'm just reacting to things, I, I much, two things happen now. Number one is I realize that that's still a choice, right? Once I, I realize it's a choice doesn't mean I have to change anything, right? Just having the awareness that, hey, I'm, I'm being kind of a fucking prisoner right now. I'm kind of being a little bitch and that's okay. I'm choosing that right now. Like again, I don't have to change it. The first part is just having that awareness, but, The second part of that is that I feel like the real sign of my growth, you know, moment by moment, day by day over this past, you know, six years that I've really started getting into personal development at all is that I feel like there's a, a smaller time gap. Between the time something like that happens and I maybe am a prisoner for a bit, to the time I get back to you know a position of self-leadership, like really leading myself, owning my spirit, owning my energy. So kind of collapsing that timeline, I, I say that because I think a lot of people think that when you're when you're getting good at personal development, whatever the hell that means, when you're getting good at it, that like the measure of your success is how often you don't have bad days, you don't experience heavy emotions. Whereas for me, it's how long do I stay in that place versus how temporary or isolated can I make that incident and then allow myself to get back to my natural creative state of being? Does that make
0: sense? Yeah. I mean that's so good. and. I view my relationship with my girlfriend the same way, actually. It's not that we don't want to fight. It's that I want the time that we are fighting to be able to be resolved as quickly as possible. And the reason that I don't want to aim to never fight is because there's actually a lot of wisdom that happens in the conflict. Yeah. Right? There's something in there that, uh, just like in life when things are not going right, when we're you know, being a prisoner, as you would say – there's a piece of wisdom for us to look at that's coming up that was inside of us, and now it comes to the surface, and we get to say, "Oh, well, how do I use this thing?" And and so we view our our um, our I view our relationship at least that way. I'm not sure how she views it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm totally with you, man. There's always something that's trying to emerge anytime we experience something like that, and and it's it's up to us. You know, for me, I had I had continued wake up calls uh, or or attempted wake up calls for years and years and years in my health. And in my relationships and in my finances and in my, you know, my stress level, which was through the roof, you know, my entire life growing up. I was super angry growing up. I was the, the kid that punched holes in walls and, and chased people in traffic. Like just all these things that were happening that were trying to say, listen, we're trying to show you that something even greater about you is trying to emerge and you're just not ready to hear it. And so, so while I did have kind of back to your original question, while, while I did have kind of this, quote, wake up call where, where I say the universe truly cut me off. Those were happening my entire life, and they've happened to everybody that's listening to this right now. The question is: Did you listen to them? Did you Did you see that they were trying to teach you something, and did you allow yourself to see what may be trying to emerge through this painful situation or through this heavy feeling?
0: Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's, I mean, a lot of times that's really difficult, especially when we don't have support or when we're not used to it. And, And it's not that it's difficult in the sense that. I just watched a video of yours, so I'm actually uh, regulating myself to (laughs) adapt to your wisdom where you're like, change doesn't need to be difficult, but but it's new. Maybe that's a a, a more appropriate word. It's foreign. And so unless we have the consciousness over it, and consciousness just meaning awareness, starting to recognize, oh, that's happening – uh, it can be a challenge to change it um jason let me let me bring us let me fast forward a little bit and i'm curious you know around the time that we first got introduced to each other i'd say that was about three years from now uh three years ago yeah um where were you in your journey at that point
1: so at that point, I had so I was I was out of my corporate job for a couple of years I had had a, a startup that I started that that failed that I, I lost a bunch of money in great lessons lots lots emerged through that and a lot more you know taking a position of self-leadership through that because again I was trying to change my outside circumstances to change my internal uh, approach and internal perspective of the world which it took me going through some startups to figure out that that wasn't the most effective way to be um, so I had the one startup that failed I had another startup that's actually still running and is really cool it's something we did in partnership with NASA so that's still that's still going I just stepped away from day to day and I got to a point where I said listen like I I love personal development I love what I'm feeling I've, I've now lost 130 pounds by this point I've seen a huge shift in just the way I show up my ability to to slow down and to and to not react to things so quickly you know I've seen a, a, a improvement in my relationship with my wife who was I think she was still my girlfriend at that point maybe fiance I don't know but the woman who I'm now married to I, I saw you know Tremendous growth in our relationship, and I said this is awesome. So then I got really selfish, and I say, how do I get paid to continue just learning? Like, how do I get paid to just continue to learn and and to and to and to keep working on myself as well, and also to help other people because I've always been the kind of person that like you know, as a little kid, I was the one who would like open doors for old ladies and stuff, and I just thought it was really fun. And so I wanted to find a way to do that. And so you know, what I did in my my path, and this can be you know, we can go into this deeper if you want, is that. And, and I tell this to everybody who you know, wants to get into any profession is go find the giants, go find the people who are just killing it at life and, and not even necessarily the people who are, are necessarily doing exactly what it is you want to do, though it, it has kind of worked out for me that way. But find people in the world that see the world the way you want to see the world. And, and for me, my first exposure to, to finding somebody who actually saw the world in the way that I wanted to see the world was you. And I saw you showing up so authentically and I saw you showing up with so much playfulness and so much fun and so much consistency and so much transparency and, and I just – I really related to you being you with no pretense and no funnels and no, like, you know, click here for my seven-part series of whatever. Like, it it was just you showing up and saying, this is what I have to offer the world, and it's a disservice for me not to be doing that for people. And so that was a huge shift for me to see that something beyond what I had wanted to do or or that I I was going to have to try to fumble my way through getting paid to do something in personal development. So when I found you, it was really the first time I said, wow – this is a model for somebody who is successful at doing what they want to do. It may be very hard work. I'm not saying you were making it look easy, but you were you were successful at what you were doing and you were being yourself in the process. And for me, I was like, what else could I possibly need as a model for what I want to do in the world?
0: Yeah, yeah. So good, dude. Well, it's been fun to uh, deepen our relationship and to watch you flourish and watch you grow and, and yeah, I mean, it's the same on both sides, right? I see you and I see the fun. I also see the hard work. I also see the heart. And I also see your capacity, as you were saying, to to find the giants or to seek mentors and then develop relationships with them. And for me, that's been such a huge part of my path. And it always brings it kind of baffles me when other people don't do that cuz if we look at like the 80/20 if we look at the things that have have the biggest leverage or just are most effective it's about not just putting yourself around like-minded people, but really um, what I find is to be with people who challenge your reality in a way that you want it to be, right? So like we all have our story about, no, I can't have this thing or that thing's not possible for me. But when you spend time with somebody who does that thing or has that thing, there's this unconscious challenging of your assumptions and what i found is that whoever's reality is stronger will dominate and become the new reality Mm -hmm. and that's not from mantras affirmations meditations i mean all those things are cool but there's just a deeper kind of symbiosis if i'm going to pretend to be you know educated here for a minute and and use a word (laughs) i don't know what it means use a word uh so so tell us more about You know, because I've watched you do this. You did this with me, and then you became really tight with Steve Chandler, and then you've, you know, became tight with Mind Valley, and then Sean Stevenson. And then I know, you know, you're up to even, you know, other things now. Um, How do you go about one, finding the Giants, as you would say, and then two, actually developing a relationship with them?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And, and anybody who has, has followed you and, and your wisdom as a coach, if they've heard, you know, like the, I kind of want to be a coach, uh, um, symposium or anything that you've done, uh, you know, service is a key part of of what both of us do, the, the way both of us run our businesses. And and so my goal, so so to answer your first question, finding the giants with the internet, there is absolutely no excuse for not being able to find the giants, right? They're they're literally everywhere. Um, it may the, the biggest challenge is probably figuring out which giant really resonates the most with you. But there there are tons of them out there. None of them are too big. Um and, and none of them are too small. None of them are are you know there's 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 no saying like you don't have to go right for Tony Robbins if personal development is your thing. There's so many other thought leaders in between you and Tony Robbins who you could get so much value from and you could provide so much value to. So so finding the people, again, was a matter of just saying like – does this person speak my language? Does this person see the world in a way that I would love to be able to see the world more often? And you know, as a bonus, is this person doing something in the world that I would really like to be doing my own variation of? So so finding them is – I guess part of it is, is just self-awareness about what it is you're looking for in your own life. Not to complete you but like you said, like to have your paradigm shifted, just to know that there's another option. And, uh, and, and I actually love something you said just to go off on a really quick tangent um, – and I don't know if you said this to me privately or if you said it on an interview, so hopefully you don't mind that I'm sharing this. Uh, but, but you and I both have been coached by Steve Chandler. And I remember I, I, had, I had been thinking at one point, like, you know, it's not like I have all these things that I always bring to my coaching sessions, that I have like all these challenges and issues and I, I'm you know broken down and I need to figure something out. Sometimes it's that way, but not always. And then I remember you saying something at some point about sometimes the, the biggest benefit you get out of coaching is just being with somebody who's doing the thing. Who has done the thing and that you can spend time with them. And just like you said, that you can see what's possible. It doesn't, you know, that can be a really powerful part of coaching, is like you said, being with somebody who has done this thing. And so, so that's been a big part of being with the Giants too, is experiencing that same thing. So just wanted to kind of golf on a tangent there for a second. So, so finding the people is, is fairly easy. And then the next part is, is really just how can you add value to their lives? I mean, it's such a broad, uh, crappy answer. And I know you're a big like, you know, action, how do we apply this kind of kind of guy? And I love that about you. And and I'm sure we can we can dig in and find that. But you know, for me it's been a matter of, well, first and foremost, I'd say investing in the people that that you really find to be the giants. Uh, And what I mean by that is You you probably get this a lot. I get it a lot to people that email and say, like, can I pick your brain? Can we talk for a couple hours? Can I can you share with me how you did this and this and that? And I'm happy to help when when and wherever I can. But I also know that I can't do that for everybody because then I, I wouldn't actually be able to focus on, you know, putting my my highest level of service in the world. So I have to say no to the majority of those requests. So I don't want to be another person that's that's saying, hey, I, I don't necessarily think enough of the work you do to pay you, but I'd like to see how I, I can extract whatever I can from you and then go off and do it on my own. Mm-hmm. So instead for me, it's, hey, I, I'm serious about the work that I want to do and I'm sincere about wanting to learn it from you. So I'm going to put my money and my time and my energy and my effort where my mouth is and I'm going to show you just how devoted I am to this. And- you're going to I'm going to bring so much of myself to our relationship that it's like the, the Cal Newport book, like to be so good. They can't ignore you that I'm just going to bring so much to the relationship that we create that you won't you won't be able to get rid of me because you'll enjoy being <laughs> in my world and vice versa. I hope that's what happens. I don't know if that's what happens, but that's what I hope is happening.
0: That's great, yeah, well, so I love this all, and um it's it's so good, and it's so relevant you know i, I don 't talk about this very much, and at the same time it's been one of the things that not only has been most helpful for me but will continue to be and it's a good reminder for me to you know i had i had um I had a drink last night with uh somebody who I met like six years ago. And even just spending time in his reality for you know an hour, he's up to awesome stuff he's got a community he's you know running programs, and it's just like it just something something um yeah some something important happens there, and then when we're seeking these mentors or allies there's there's something really cool about saying, "Okay, well, I can invest in them, I can not just invest in them with my money, which is cool, but also with my time, meaning like I'm going to take what they're saying and and I'm going to live the shit out of it for the next 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. So much. I'm going to go all in on embodying what they're saying so that when I actually do go to them a month, two months, three months later, I'm going to I'm going to show them here's how your work has changed my life Ooh, because yes. I've put in this much time, I put in this much. It's it's been that important for me and I've got a five-minute question for you. you know, can I ask you this one thing? And so it is investing also financially, but investing your time. And that, on the other end, for someone like you or, or like you know, me, if someone is going to be emailing us, Right What it does for us is it validates our purpose it 's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, my purpose matters because look this person's life has changed as a result of my work, and so then i 'm like, "Oh, cool, tell me more and what what you 're saying is you 're going to bring so much of you that it 's like, nah dude, like you can 't ignore me um that's that's another I think secret ingredient that both you and I have have brought and it 's enabled us to connect with people who are many steps ahead is just the heart like mm-hmm. instead of being Ultra strategic about the best way to get somebody to give you something. Just like bring so much heart into it, and like here's why this really matters to me. Here's why out of the thirty thousand people who I you know follow on Twitter or whatever, right? Like you're the one that I'm emailing. Your work is that important to me. Um, I love that.
1: Yeah, and and you know what's funny is that I you know it wasn't a strategic thing, but as you're as you're talking, something came up to me that I think is a is a good example of the difference between. You know, a less effective and a more effective way of really connecting with you know quote giants. So this this was never a strategic thing. I promise you this. But when I when I first got in contact with you and and I joined your sense of the inner circle, which I'm still a part of to this day, three years later, and and still go into the Facebook group, and it, it's an amazing community of people. And as soon as I got in there, here here here's something I could have
0: done. I could hold have hold said, on, hold on, hold oh, on, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on one second, okay. Right yeah. now, please remember exactly what you're going to say, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you see what Jason just did there, guys. He just plugged my inner circle right he's adding value right now in this conversation he's saying yo go get jacob shit it's awesome it's changed my life you should go do that and he just the fact of the matter you know he's just doing an interview it's just a random little thing but it's that kind of orientation to how can i help how can i support that when he does it in a little sentence like this or when he does it on the larger scale of the actions that he's taking in other in other domains um that that's how he's showing up that's his intention jason where were you going yeah.
1: No, no problem. And, and, and I really mean that. And I mean, and I talk about, you know, the inner circle of people all the time, because I really think it's something to, to look at, and especially from the support aspect. And, and and I'll tell you, so yeah, so where I was going there is that when I first got in there, here's what I could have done, right? Because when I first did, when I first got in there, I was just starting out as a coach. I, I, don't, I don't even know if at that point i had even hired you yet. I think it was a few months after I was in the inner circle, that I actually ended up hiring you for one-on-one work. But whatever it was, I was brand new. And so it would have been so easy for me to go into this community of a bunch of people who were all like my and start saying, Hey guys, anybody looking for a coach? Or, Hey guys, check out my new blog post. Or, Hey guys, check out my new video that I posted. Like, I could have done that so easily. And that is what, unfortunately, of people do when they go into new groups where there's all these like-minded people. And instead, my goal—and again, not strategic at all—I was so in tune with your message and the work that you were doing. I said, "How can I? How can I set Jacob up to win as much as possible?" And in that moment, what occurred to me was to say, "I'm going to support the shit out of everybody in this group. I'm going to make sure that when Jacob's not here, people are still receiving so much benefit that they can't not come back month after month or day after day to the Facebook group and to the weekly calls." And so I jumped. In there as an, an unhired ambassador just to make sure that people's questions are being answered, that people were feeling supported, that people were being introduced to each other. And again, it wasn't to get anything. Hell, I had already decided I was going to pay you. I mean, it, it wasn't like I was trying to get free time from you. I just really wanted you to win. So if we go out there in the world and say, how can I set the people up that I want to connect with? How can I set them up to win? How can I do what what further's their message being out there? How can I how can I extend the work they're doing into the world in a way that they can't do on their own? I mean, if you do that on a regular basis, I don't see how you can't make great connections with great people.
0: Mm. So cool. So you can go as deep and as personal as you're you're open to going here i'd love to hear personal examples you kind of shared a little bit of sensify here how did that happen with you know how did you do that with steve chandler or with mind valley or with sean stevenson i mean these are other people who are highly sought after and what was your again i know it was coming from your heart but maybe what were some of the expressions and actions that came as a result of you having this heartfelt desire to connect with these people
1: yeah, I, I think it's great. And yeah, I'm happy to, to open, open the kimono as much as possible. I mean, I'm pantsless anyway, so it's all good. Uh, <laughs> you're the one who refused video or you could have a much better interview than what we're having. Uh, so, so, you know, the, the one thing I'll say before I go into specifics is that um, one thing I, I want to make really clear is that this is not something that you do, A, strategically, we've already talked about that, but B, this is not something you set a time limit on. And I was, on a, I was on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, like an entrepreneur's podcast, and they said, okay, one thing we always ask everybody is, give me your 15-second elevator pitch. Like, what would you say to me if you were at a networking event? I'm like, I don't have an elevator pitch. Like, why would I want to con- create a connection with you in only 15 seconds? That's me assuming, A, that I'm never going to see you again, or B, that, like, All of my value can be summed up in 15 seconds and that I would even know what was valuable to you to share in 15 seconds. So my elevator pitch is, hi, I'm Jason. Tell me about yourself, like what's going on in your world because I'm going to see you again and again and I'm going to continue to create connections with you over and over and over again. And when we live in this place of scarcity, we're like, okay, this is the one email that I'm able to send to Steve Chandler or to Jacob Sokol or to Sean Stevenson. I better get it right because this is one and done. It's my only line in the play. Well, do you think that ever comes from a place of, of service and of heart and of love? Maybe, but, but for me, that brings up a lot of stress and anxiety and like franticness to get it perfect. So, so now to go kind of into specifics, I'm just thinking in a very small way, how can I connect with somebody in a way where, A, I'm not annoying them. B, I'm providing some kind of value.
0: Impossible.
1: Impossible. Yeah, that's that's difficult. Luckily, it's not my voice; it's just typing. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, how can I do those things? And how can I be willing to write whatever I write, knowing it's not the last time I ever correspond with this person? Right. I don't have to fit everything in to that email. I don't have to say everything that I've ever wanted to say to them in one email. So, the one email, you know, the first message may be hey, I really love your work. Thank you so much for, you know, for what you're doing. Just like you said, Jacob, here how, here's how it's impacted me um, and I'll, I'll continue to follow you and if there's anything I can do to be of service, let me know. And, and, then, and then continuing to follow up. They put out something new and it, it resonates with me and I share it on Facebook or I reach out to them personally and say, wow, that thing you wrote, it hit me for this reason. I shared it with my followers because I think it's really important they hear it. Again, like anything I can do to just continue to further their message. And then when it comes to a point where, like with Sean, for example, I had done that a little bit back and forth, and then I was going out to Phoenix to uh, to, to be with Steve in, in Steve's uh, uh, ACS, his Advanced Client Systems, which is tremendous for for coaches to to build their their practice. Uh, I've been through it three times, and I highly recommend it. And, um, and so I was going to Phoenix and so I reached out to Sean and I said, Sean, listen, I'm, you know, I'm coming into town. Um, I'm going to be with Steve Chandler, which is great because now I can kind of leverage the fact that I have a little credibility, like, oh, this is somebody who you know of, you've heard of. And if he trusts me enough that, you know, I'm a part of his group, then maybe that says something about me. Um, and we've connected back and forth over time for a while. I'd love to take you out for a cup of coffee. And if you can't or don't want to, that's just as good as you saying yes, like totally gave him an out. Totally said we don't have to do this. Um, and to be totally open, I had to do that via Facebook message on his personal page, Facebook message on his his business page, and via email from his website. So I sent the exact same message three times over the course of like a couple of weeks because I wasn't getting a response, but I wanted to stay consistent. And I know that I'm not the only person that messages him. And so eventually, I got word back from him and said. Cool, you know, I I can I can make you know twenty minutes for you. It'd be it'd be nice to meet, and we'll grab coffee, and uh, and and so that's what happened. So we went out there, and we we sat and had coffee, and we got to like the twenty minute mark, and I had kept track of that time, and I said, Sean, it's been so great to meet you. Thank you so much for making the time for me. I know you know you had said twenty minutes. I'm super grateful for your time. And he goes, No, 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 it's cool. Don't worry about it. And he called his wife and said, Hey, he's not crazy. Um, come over. We'll <laughs> hang out for a few minutes. And so we ended up hanging out. And and it was just a really good conversation. I didn't ask for anything. I didn't say like, oh, can I you know get you on a podcast or you know I, I'd like not that that would have been bad, but it was really just about connecting and not saying like, oh my God, this is my only meeting. I better have my pitch down of what I want from this guy so I can get what I need. It was just like we had coffee and we talked like human beings, and then we left like human beings, and and it was really cool. And then what I did when I got home was the place we had gone is a coffee shop he loves. that's in his, his town and he's a huge fan of this one particular drink. And so I, I called the coffee shop when I got home and I said, hey, I want to like pay over the phone for like a gift certificate for 25 bucks so that when he comes back in, he can get as much of that drink that he likes whenever he comes in. And they said, yeah, definitely we can do that. And so I did that. I sent him an email and said, hey, it was so great meeting you. Just so you know, next time you go to, you know, blah, 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 coffee shop, um, you got, you know, you have some free whatever drinks waiting for you. And, uh, and and he loved that, like that I took the time to do that. And so that, again, kind of moved our relationship forward. We kept connecting little by little. And, uh, and it's come to a point now where we're really close friends.
0: Yeah. What I love is hearing how creative you are with your generosity and or your service. And and that's the essence of I mean what you do, you help people build prosperity in many different areas of their life. And when it comes to financial prosperity, I mean that's what Steve Chandler is such a big advocate for, oh, yeah. mixing creativity with uh, service and also the courage to express that because you know even the dude I met with yesterday I, I had a little gift that I, I, well, I had something in my house that I'm like you know what I think it'd be really cool to give it to him it's just like a, a random cool kind of you know book that I think you know he'd like but then all these thoughts came up in my head like <laughs> what if he already has 10 copies of this or what if it's a burden for him to have to carry this around for the, ne- the rest of the day or what if he thinks these are stupid right and yes. all that came up and it, it requires. You might say, "Oh, that's ridiculous, Jacob." It's the thought that counts, whatever. But there, it required a sense of uh, courage and a sense of boldness in order to do some of the things that that you're talking about. Continue to send um, those messages or connect uh, to the coffee shop and say, "Hey, I want to do this thing for Sean." Yeah. When uh, and you know, anyone who's in a relationship that really works, you know, romantic relationship that really works, will understand that. There's a language underneath the language that we speak, so when I say to my girlfriend like, "Hey, babe, how are you doing?" and she says, "I'm fine, right like <laughs> it doesn't mean she's fine, right right that she's saying something else, and just like when you when you understand how that works, there'll be times where I'll hear her say something like, "Oh, I always wanted to try you know." I don't know what the hell, like that piece of sushi or something like that, right? And so Mm -hmm. she might just say it in a passing sentence, and I won't say, "Oh, cool, I'll I'll make sure that I get that for you." I'll just make a little note in my head, like, "Oh, I gotta get her that thing she always really wanted," and um, and surprise her with it. And so when I first, uh, so I I first saw Sean's work, like Sean Stevenson's work, like ten years ago, and then I got the chance to interview him. uh, What was it like, two or three years ago now? And the first thing he says to me, we get on, we get on camera. First thing he says to me, is like, "Holy shit, Jacob! It looks like you're in my apartment. Your lighting is so good. What, like, what, what technology are you using?" Right? It's yeah. like twenty seconds in, and so then I'm like, you know, oh, whatever. I'm using this camera. Blah blah blah. So then we do the interview, and I start drilling him about the same topic that I'm drilling you about now. Because Sean's like hung out with the Dalai Lama, he's friends yeah. with Tony Robbins. Like I'm like, how do you build these amazing relationships? And much of what he said was exactly what you're saying. He's like, you just show up and you figure out how they tick, and you figure out what they love, and you just give them more of that, and you just you know be a, a good friend to them or a or, or person. And so when we got off the phone. Uh, I asked, I'm like, oh, Sean, you know, I think maybe I asked him or his wife or something, what's your address? And I ended up sending him two lamps uh, to his house, which nice. are the lamps that I was using for my interview to light my face that I, um, that I had during the, the interview. And he, you know, he fucking uh, there tweeted me or, or messaged me or hit me up after. He's like, well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> and it was That's like, so awesome. yeah. And then every time he, he's done an interview, I don't know if he's still doing that. But for the next X amount of months or years, right, it was like he turned down the lamps that he got from me and suddenly he looked like he was in 3D. Yeah.
1: Yeah. People want to be cared about. They want to know that you care about them. I mean, this is this is not a professional thing, right? This is like in life. This is in connecting with human beings. They want to know you care. And yeah, we can go into the like, oh, but you know, nobody outside of us can make us whole and our wholeness exists in who we are. That's great. And I totally agree with that and believe that. But it's also nice to feel like people in the world care about you. It's nice to feel like like somebody actually thinks about you beyond the surface level things or beyond what's in their best interest. They, they actually think about your best interest. And, and I think that's an amazing thing to do in your personal life, and your professional life, just to deepen your connection with people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I mean, listen, I, I also can fall into the category of I ask for a lot from from people sometimes. I don't ask with an expectation of entitlement, like you must give it, but I ask for help quite often. Yeah. And so to counterbalance that ask, it can be helpful to sometimes just dedicate an hour or two hours or three hours to say, I've got three hours. How can I just help the people who I care about? How can I send them a message or a video or see what's going on in their world? And just spend that time with no agenda, but just focusing on, hey, what can I do for you? I'm here.
1: Yeah, and you're incredible at that. I mean, I've seen you do that in in public ways and in private ways uh, over the years so much. And, And it's like where I thought that would taper off uh, the more success you had, the more, you know, the more reach you had, the more visibility, the more awareness there was of you and your work in the world, it stayed very consistent. And so, so while you think you may ask a lot of the world, you give so much more to the world. And I've seen that firsthand. So that, that's, that's amazing. And it's, it's inspiring to me.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, dude. And, uh, we see what we are. So right back at you, my man. Dope. Um, Tell me more about, you know, you got a book coming out. uh, I think it's titled Prison Break. And you talk about the distinction between, um, you know, living with a sense of uh, self-leadership. What's the essence of the book? Maybe tell us a little bit more about why you're so passionate about this work and, and how it's kind of affected your life as a whole.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I love it because it's the thing that I, I never really had words th- to put to it until after the fact. Um, but it's where I see the difference between, you know, the, the the more effective and less effective way that I was showing up and experiencing the world as I grew up, as, you know, as this really stressed, depressed, anxious, angry, overweight person for, you know, the first 30 years of my life to who I've become now in the last six years of my life. And I see now that in any, any given moment, I am either approaching the world, seeing the world through the lens of a self-leader, Um, someone who really is a a leader of my thoughts, a leader of my actions, uh, uh, takes a lot of personal responsibility, has courage, uh, is creative, you know, knows that creativity will always trump circumstances to really come from that place. And I mean, there is, there are tremendous, tremendously vast ways that we show up as a self leader, uh, versus being a prisoner. And being a prisoner is is somebody uh, is not it's not it, I shouldn't say somebody it's not it's not a personality trait but it is a way of seeing or approaching or living in the world and so when I'm a prisoner I am at total at totally at the whim of circumstance uh, of the economy of somebody who cut me off in traffic of something my wife said to me that hit me the wrong way like all these things outside of me circumstance is way bigger than I could ever be uh, when I'm a prisoner so so the real essence is noticing in any given moment. If I'm, if I'm feeling a way that's heavy, I'm not going to say bad because there's no good or bad emotions, but if I'm feeling a way that's heavy, if I'm feeling a way that is stressful as opposed to peaceful, then it's, it's a chance for me to step back, to really slow down, which is a challenge for me because I talk so fast and think so fast, but it is something that's been a huge part of my work over the last few years, is to really slow down and say, what's going on right now? How am I creating the situation I'm in right now? What, what are the thoughts that that I'm creating in my head, what are the stories, what are the beliefs that I'm not challenging, that I'm just assuming are 100% true, that are creating the feelings that I'm having right now? And if those thoughts are stressful thoughts, well, then, yeah, I'm going to be stressed. And if I can create instead peaceful thoughts, then, yeah, I'm going to be peaceful. So it's in any given moment slowing down enough to be aware of what's really causing my experience of the world and then knowing that I have, A, the ability to respond instead of react, and, B, that I always have a choice in how I show up in that
0: moment. Mm. Nice, dude. And you use the term um, self-leadership. I'm not sure if I've heard that. Is there a distinction between leadership and self-leadership?
1: So, self leadership is something I, I mean. I think I made it up, but no, there's nothing new under the sun. So I'm sure other people have used that term before. But the reason it resonates with me is because I've always been, you know, especially being brought up in in uh, professionally at least in the corporate world, and then getting an MBA. And you know, leadership is is a buzzword like you know friggin' synergy and and optimization and all this bullshit that we're both used to. I'm sure. But what was yeah. that
0: crazy word I used? The early symbiosis. <laughs> like?
1: Yeah, yeah, you did say symbiosis. You're like a total Harvard grad now, all of a sudden. Um, but But leadership is always something that it seems is done to us, right? Like leadership is either bestowed upon us because we got a promotion um, or somebody leads us or the leader is at the front of the pack uh, or the leader is in the back of the pack or there's all these different things about where the leader is placed and how that affects everybody else and how it's bestowed upon you. And my belief is that you can't actually lead anybody. Uh, there are things that we can do as, as really self-aware, uh, human beings to help activate self-leadership within other people. But I don't believe that leadership is something that is bestowed upon you or granted, or you can be tapped on each shoulder with a, a sword by the queen. Like that's just not how leadership works. So for me, at least to me, in my experience of, of the world. So for me, self-leadership is about saying, I don't need anybody or anything outside of me to create the experience of the world that I want. That comes from me. If there's a problem, I'm the problem. And if I'm the problem, I'm also the solution, not in a way that I beat myself up or shame myself, but in like a, wow, how cool is this? The one thing I actually have control over is the one thing that will make a difference. That's awesome.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I'm stoked for you. I'm stoked for you to bring more of your wisdom, your work, your experience out into the globe, into the world, and uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for taking the time to be here today. L- let me let me hit you with one last question here. Yeah. Suppose that you got an opportunity to give some wisdom to um, your unborn child, mm-hmm. and you would never see this child. This child will grow, grow up to be, you know, happy and they'd be healthy. But but for whatever reason, you, you this child would just never get to meet you. Um, if you had a minute or so to share some wisdom for that child about navigating life, what might you say? Mm.
1: So the first thing is never eat gas station sushi. I mean, that's just a, <laughs> that's that's just kind of a that that has to be first before any other wisdom. Uh, but but secondly, you know, the thing that that I always come back to is I would have to say to him or her, um, always be willing to see the world through a comedic lens. Always be willing to see where something is enjoyable, where something is funny, where something is absurd, where something is ridiculous. Um, Because if we can do that, if we can really look through the lens of comedy uh, as we view all the things in the world that are challenging us and know that nothing that we encounter is ever that serious or that significant. If we're still standing and we're still alive after it, it wasn't that serious and wasn't that significant. If we can do that, if you can do that more often um, than not, then I think your experience of the world will be much more enjoyable.
0: So good, dude. How do people continue to uh, engage in your work or, or just follow up and stay in contact with you?
1: So the best way to get in touch with me or to follow me is on my website, which is thejasongoldberg.com. I know it sounds like I'm a pretentious asshole, but jasongoldberg.com was taken. So I had to get the Jason, thejasongoldberg.com. Not the. The Jason Goldberg yeah, the, was also the, taken. The, yeah, I couldn't even do the. And duh, I was going to do D-A, Goldberg.com. <laughs> but you know, sometimes not everybody's that hip. So, so, so the, or the Jason Goldberg.com and also Facebook. And I've made it really easy to connect with me on Facebook. You can actually go to www.facebookjason.com. And until Facebook shuts that down, it will redirect you to my Facebook page.
0: Nice. All right, man. Well, again, uh, congrats on all your progress, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, and just who you are and, and what's cracking for you, my man. Um, loved having you here and, uh, have a great rest of your day.
1: Thanks brother. Love you dude. Talk to you soon.
0: Soul Sibling, thank you so much for rocking with us. I appreciate you and I appreciate that you're using your time and your energy toward making yourself a better person and the world a better place. So if you'd like to keep in touch, I'd love it if you subscribe to the podcast and I'm excited to deepen our relationship to get to know each other better over time and to see how I can help you solve meaningful challenges and create your most fulfilled life. We've got a great community over here and we run retreats all over the world. We've got people who connect with each other and support each other in living the most fulfilled life. And what I'd suggest for your next step is to grab a copy of the 12 things happy people do differently. It's a scientific-based approach to happiness, and there's a lot of great wisdom out there, but this in particular is researched back from some of the world's leading positive psychologists in the world, and it's super grounded, super practical, how you could do these 12 things that happy people do differently and rock it. The article's been shared over a 100,000 times on Facebook, And there's some magic in there. So in order to grab a copy of that, you can go to thankyoujacob.com. Sounds simple? And it is. Thankyoujacob.com. And uh, grab that immediately. And I will keep in touch through personal emails that I send out a couple times a month and all that goodness. So for now, sending you lots of love. Keep it real. Follow your heart, but bring your head. Peace.